Well, good morning. We're going to be talking about the promises of God today. He's, he's, he's faithful and true. He's not just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. And uh, how do I know that? Because I've seen the evidence of all that he has done. Will you stand with us and let's sing together evidence. All throughout my history, your faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms give way to spring. In every season, from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Help me remember when I'm weak. Fears may come, but fears will leave. Yeah. You lead my heart to victory. You are my strength, and you always will be. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see the promises in fulfillment all over my life, that's right, all over my life. See the cross, the empty grave. The evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away. Because of you, oh Jesus. Help me out here. We go. See the cross, the empty grave. That's right. The evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away. Because of you, oh Jesus. Oh, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. Come on, sing it. I see your promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life, yeah. I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life, all over my life. I see your promises in fulfillment. All over my life, all over my life. Listen, why should I feel? 
Come on, let me hear you. Why should I fear? Oh, the evidence is here. Amen, amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Welcome to worship this morning at First Baptist Church. Delighted to see you here today. So glad you've come. I extend a special welcome if this is your first time here. We're very glad you're at First Baptist Church. We'd love to connect with you. I'll be at the Welcome Center after the service. I have a small gift for first-time guests. I'd love to meet you. There's a guest card in the pew rack in front of you. And if you would share with us your contact information, we'd be glad just to reach out to you. And you can bring that to the Welcome Center. There's a box to place it in there. You can give it to me. And we'd love to get to know you. Thank you for being here today. This Saturday is the 20th anniversary of the attacks on our nation on September 11th, 2001. Most of us can remember where we were on that day when we heard the news of those attacks. But there's a whole generation of folks who um, were not even born then, all of our teenagers, not even born then. Most people under 27, 28 have no memory of that day. So today on this 20th anniversary, we want to just pause for a moment of prayer. On that day, 20 years ago, 19 Islamic uh, terrorists hijacked four commercial airlines over the skies of America. At 8.45 a.m. on September 11th, American Airlines flight crashed into the 80th floor of the North Tower, the World Trade Center. 18 minutes later, a United flight crashed into the 60th floor of the South Tower. Just a little while later, an American Airlines flight struck the Pentagon. And the fourth plane may have been headed to the the Capitol or the White House or a nuclear facility, but brave patriots who understood what was happening on board Flight United 93 stormed the cockpit and it crashed near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. 2,977 people died that day at the World Trade Center, at the Pentagon, on these four planes. And uh, we want to pause and just remember them. We especially want to remember first responders who died that day. 343 firefighters and paramedics lost their lives. 23 New York police officers, 37 Port Authority police. Would you just pause with me for just a moment of silence in honor and memory of these? This occasion is a good time for us to acknowledge and to pray for our first responders. Um, <clears throat> we live in a day when these servants are often maligned, and uh, we're, thank we're thankful for them. So if you are in law enforcement, if you're a firefighter, if you're an EMT, if you're in military police, or if you're retired from any of these, and you're here today, would you just stand that we could just uh, pray for you for a moment, just remain standing? Do we have any in this service, firefighters, EMTs? law enforcement. We want to take just a moment to pray uh, for these folks. Would you bow with me? Lord, we are thankful for people who serve us in the public interest, and we just want to pray. We have several, not in this service right now, but we have several law enforcement and firefighters in our church. And uh, Lord, we pray Psalm 3-3 over them. 
Uh, oh, Lord, you are a shield around me. You're the lifter of my head. And I pray you'll be a shield around these people who shield us. We thank you for them. We pray for their families. We pray you'd be with them and bless them. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. On this day, we also want to pray for our nation. Uh, I don't know that we've learned lessons that we should, spiritual lessons from what happened 20 years ago. I pray to God that he will have mercy on America, that he'll bless America. I pray for our leaders. Even above that, that we want to pray for the kingdom of God. Uh, because above everything, God's kingdom is a worldwide kingdom. America may not last forever. His kingdom is an enduring kingdom. And uh, we want to pray for Muslims. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we pray uh, for the Muslims of the world to come to know the one true God in Jesus, his son, and to find mercy and grace as we have through him. Would you bow with me in a final moment of prayer on this day? Oh, Lord, we pray today for our nation. Uh, oh, God, we pray that there will be a mighty spiritual awakening in our country, a moral and spiritual revival. We need this. We do not want to see another instance of your judgment. You said, Jesus, in Luke 13, when a tower fell in Jerusalem, and uh, 18 people were killed, and you said, there are no worse sinners than others. Unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. We pray that we would repent and that we would find mercy in this day. Lord, we pray for our president. We pray for our vice president. Give them wisdom. Guide them. Teach them the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. We pray, Lord, for the kingdom of God, which is bigger than America, your kingdom will never end. You love all peoples, and there'll be people from every nation, tribe, and language around the throne praising you. Help us to love those even who hate us. Help us to share the good news freely with those different from us. Help us, Lord, to be the salt and light of this world. Thank you for your grace and goodness on this day. We worship you. We lift up the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I've been reading. I've been doing a one-year Bible <clears throat> for the last three years. Okay, I was waiting for it. I thought it'll, it'll, it'll. No, I'm kidding. Uh, actually, no. I, uh, I'm in the book of Isaiah now, and and some of those Hosea and all those prophets, you know, and and it just seems like, you know, you you, you just want to grab Israel and say. Don't you see, you know, don't you see that God is there? And if you'll turn to God, you, he, you know, you won't have to go through all these things that you go through, you know. And, uh, uh, but I think we're the same way, aren't we? We can just remember that God is a promise keeper. You know, not, he's not just a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. We got a lot of promise makers in the world, don't we? You know, <laughs> people who say, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that, and they don't, but God is a promise maker and is a promise keeper. And uh, sing this with us. Will you stand and let's sing it together. Your mouth's a covenant unbroken Known through history, 
Your love will never be unfaithful. Never walk out on me. Never walk out on me. I have no reason to doubt you. Who you have been, you'll always be. And though the future's still unfolding, everything I've seen, how could I not believe? Come on, church, here we go. You are the promise keeper. Your word will never fail. My heart can trust you, Jesus. I won't be overwhelmed. My eyes are gonna see miracles and victories. You are the promise keeper. Your word will never fail. you can't redeem and though the story's still unfolding with everything I've seen how could I not believe you are you are the promise keeper your word will never fail my heart can trust you Jesus I won't be overwhelmed Miracles and victories You are the promise keeper And your word will never fail I know your word will never fail And I'll see your goodness In the land of the living I'll see your goodness right here, right now. You know the ending before the beginning. I know that you have worked all things out. I know I'll see your goodness in the land of the living. I'll see your goodness right here, right now. For the beginning, I know that you have worked all things out. I know, I know, you are the promise keeper. Your word will never fail. My heart can trust you, Jesus. I won't be overwhelmed. My eyes are going to see miracles and victories. see your goodness in the land of the living. I'll see your goodness right here, right now. You know the ending before the beginning. I know that you have worked all things out. I'll see your goodness in the 
see your goodness right here, right now. You know the ending before the beginning. I trust you. I know that you have worked all things out. Yes, amen, amen. Oh Lord, we thank you for what you have done. Sing that with me. What can I give to you? What can I offer to the King? For all the love you've shown, for all your mercy over me, I called your name. You heard my cry out of the grave, and into life, my heart is yours. My soul is free. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for saving me. The rock of salvation. My hope is built on nothingness. Morning by morning, how great is your faithfulness. I called your name, you heard my cry, out of the grave and into life, my heart is yours, my soul is Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for saving me. Thank you, God, for saving me. Sin victory. 
before you this morning thanking you for all the promises that you have kept, how you've provided for us, how you've looked out after us. Oh, Lord, give us the faith of a mustard seed that we may believe on you. We may believe in you. We may believe the things that you say. And knowing from the evidence that you've shown us in the past that we can trust you in the future. Lord, we give all this to you this morning. Be with Dr. Cox as he brings your message. May you pierce our hearts with your words. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. I'm sharing a series of sermons on the life of Abraham from the book of Genesis. And the theme of this series is that God acts. He does stuff in the lives of people. And we want to learn to see that in our lives because the same way God acted in Abraham's life, he's still the same, still doing the same things today. And the activity of God that we see today is incredible. It is that God makes promises to us. Isn't that amazing that the eternal God of the universe would commit himself to people like me and you? God makes promises to us. We're going to see that in Genesis chapter 17, beginning at verse 1. I invite you to open your Bible or follow with me on the screen. And it begins, when Abram was 99 years old. So there's our time stamp for the chapter. The last verse of chapter 16 said, when Abram was 86 years old. So 13 years have passed since our sermon last week. We saw the birth of Ishmael at when he was 86. Now Ishmael is 13 years old. 24 years have passed since he first came into the promised land. 24 years since Abram and Sarai left their home for in Ur and came, and God said, I'll make of you a great nation and bless the world through you. So now he's 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, El Shaddai. We're learning a lot of new names. This is the section of Scripture where for the first time God is revealing new parts of his identity. And so the word El means God, and then you put something with it, and it describes what our God is like. And so God is now revealing himself as El Shaddai, our God Almighty. He can do anything. He's the all-powerful God. He is El Shaddai. And so he says, I am El Shaddai, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and be blameless. In this chapter, God is going to repeat the covenant 
and ratify the covenant. The covenant's going to begin with Abraham, and Abraham's part of the covenant is walk before me. You know, the Christian life following God is described as walking after him. You are a follower of Jesus. You're walking behind him. The Christian life in the Bible is described as fellowship with God. We walk with God, and he calls us friends, and we can know him. But it's also described as walking before God. That is, God is watching your life, and he says, walk before me in holiness and integrity and righteousness and blameless. We walk after God, we walk with God, and we walk in our lives before God. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. It says in verse 2, Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I've been waiting for this moment been hard for me to say Abram all this time. Now I can call him Abraham because his name gets changed. God changes his name. So Abram means exalted father. Abraham means father of many nations. And so God is changing his name as he ratifies the covenant from exalted father to father of many nations. Now just imagine, just think about this with me for a moment and imagine a conversation between Abram and somebody he met in the land. And the person says to him, hey, what's your name? And he says, my name is Exalted Father. Oh, really? How many kids do you have, Exalted Father? I don't have any kids. Oh, oh, sorry, excuse me. But God is changing my name. Well, that's good. I mean, I hate to tell you, but that Exalted Father thing with you not having any kids, that's a little bit awkward. It's good. What's he changing? What are you changing your name to? I'm changing my name to Father of Many Nations. Oh, okay. You see how this would sound? He has no children, but now he's going to change it from Exalted Father, which was already awkward, to Father of Many Nations. But God changes his name to Abraham. And God says in this chapter that. The sign of the covenant, as we ratify it, will be male circumcision. That the generations to follow you, every male, eight days old, is to be circumcised. That's the sign of the covenant. And it says in verse 15, God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you're no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. And so her name is changed by God here as they ratify the covenant. Both of them mean princess. Uh, so it's not a change in meaning so much as it's just a change in pronunciation to identify this is a new beginning. This is that covenant name. And then it says uh, in verse 16, God said, I will bless her and surely give you a son by her. I'll bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. And so God had first revealed, as he reveals a little bit by little bit, the details of this covenant. He had first said, you remember a few chapters back, Abram, not going to accept your slave Eliezer. A son will come from your own flesh. And so they thought, well, maybe then we're gonna, he's going to take a second wife, Hagar, and marry this slave girl. And that's No, God said now he reveals even more that this 
child, this destiny is going to come from Sarah, even though she's 90 years old and past childbearing. And what is Abraham's reaction to this detail? Verse 17, Abraham fell face down. He laughed. And he said to himself, <laughs> Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? And will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? <laughs> and God said, verse 19, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you'll call him Isaac. And Isaac means he laughs. The rest of this chapter says that very day, Abraham was circumcised. Ishmael was circumcised. All the males in the household were circumcised. I want to share with you something about faith here. Now, Abraham laughed. He, it was just incredulous. It was unbelievable to him that his wife passed the age of menopause and he were going to have this child. He, he laughs. But Abraham's called, him, Abraham's called a man of faith. Faith is not the absence of doubt or uncertainty. Faith is doing what God commands even though you're not sure. So Abraham, he enters this covenant. He is circumcised. He does what God says. That's the sign of faith. And you may not have complete assurance of things, and you may have questions and doubts, but the direction of your feet, the path of your life, do you walk before him blamelessly? That's the evidence of faith even in the midst of uncertainty. Chapter 18 tells of how God revealed this covenant to Sarah. And so it says in chapter 18, verse 1, the Lord appeared to Abram. So just a little while later, sometime the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. We are going to learn that these three men are the Lord and two angels. Stick with me over the next couple of weeks. You'll see that the Lord stays and talks to Abraham. It says the two angels go on towards Sodom. So it is the Lord and two angels, I think. This angel of the Lord we saw last week, this appearance of the Lord, is the pre-incarnate Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, who is the manifestation of the invisible God and who is, appears in the likeness of a human here, as do these two angels, and they come to visit Abraham and Abraham welcomes them with typical Mideastern hospitality. And he, he has a, a, a young bull killed. And he, they bake all this bread. And they set the meal before them. And they eat. And then when they are finished eating, one of these three, verse 10, said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent which was behind them. These three men are sitting in front of the tent. Sarah's behind Abraham, standing in the tent door there. And Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah, what's her response? She laughed to herself as she thought, <laughs> Am I worn out and my Lord is old? Will I now have this pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, well, I really have a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I'll return to you at the appointed time next year, 
and Sarah will have a son. And Sarah was afraid, and she lied and said, I did not, Isaac. And he said, yes, you did, Isaac. You did laugh. Sequel to the story in chapter 21, God is not just a promise maker, but a promise keeper. And it says in Genesis 21, verse 1, The Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. And Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. And Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah had borne him. And when his son Isaac, he laughed, was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter. And everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. God does the impossible. He makes the laughable possible. And he turns the laughter of doubt to the laughter of joy. And that's what Sarah is saying. Oh, I laughed in doubt. But he gave me Isaac, he laughed, and people will laugh with me in joy at the amazing God that we served. He makes the laughable possible. He turns the laughter of doubt into the laughter of joy. Forty-two generations after this, there was another woman, a descendant of Abraham and Sarah, who was visited by an angel and was told that she would have a baby, and it was laughable, not because she was too old to have a baby, but because she was a virgin, and her name was Mary. And Mary couldn't believe it, and God repeated almost these same words that he had said to her forebear, Sarah, 42 generations before, is anything too hard for God? Can God not do the impossible? And sure enough, Mary gave birth to a boy, and as God commanded, named him Jesus. God makes the laughable possible. God can turn the laughter of doubt into the laughter of joy. And when that baby grew up, when Jesus grew up, he did some amazing things. I'll share one of them with you. One time, there was a man came to Jesus and said, my little girl has died would you come and lay hands on her? And we read in Matthew chapter 9, verse 23, when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. This was their mourning. This was their, their funeral custom. He said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. What was their response? They laughed at him. And after the crowd had been put outside, he went and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. God makes the laughable possible. He turns the laughter of doubt into the laughter of joy. What about in your life? Do you believe God can still do laughable things? Do you believe God can save anybody? I want to challenge you to pray for somebody that you think it would be laughable if they were saved. Is there somebody that just seems so far from the Lord? Why don't you pray that God would make the laughable possible? 
Did you know, the, you know the story of Madeline Murray O'Hare, one of the most famous atheists in America, who founded American Atheists, who brought civil suit against the government because of Bible reading and prayers in the school because she had a little boy named Bill and she didn't want Bill to have to pray and listen to Bible reading in the school and it changed the course of American education. Did you know that that little boy Bill who was petitioned and changed America that we couldn't pray in schools, grew up in a hopeless, godless, drug-filled, sex-filled household and found it empty and turned to Jesus Christ and became a believer and became a Baptist preacher? <laughs> you know what that is? That's the laughable that God makes possible. Did you know that in 1973 there was a court case called Roe versus Wade that had the effect of legalizing abortion in America? And did you know that the plaintiff that in that case, Jane Roe, was her alias, third abortion, third pregnancy, convinced to be the, the plaintiff in this? Her real name was Norma McCovey. And did you know that an anti-abortion activist befriended her and that she came to faith in Jesus Christ and was baptized. And the plaintiff, the Roe in Roe versus Wade, came to confess faith in Jesus Christ and became active in the anti-abortion movement. <laughs> you know what that is? That's God making the laughable possible. Did you know that in the Charles Manson clan, Tex Watson murdered eight of those people in that famous murder spree in the late 60s and was just... They were just demon-filled. Did you know that Tex Watson in prison came to believe in Jesus Christ and studied to be a minister in prison? Ha! You know what that is? God makes the laughable possible. Why don't you pray? Why don't you pray? Lizzo was supposed to be here this weekend in Manchester, right, singing? Headliner for Bonnaroo? I don't, I don't know. I don't think she knows Jesus. Why don't you pray for her to come to know Jesus? Why don't you pray for the president of North Korea? Why don't you pray for, I don't know, Jimmy Kimmel or Nancy Pelosi or whoever? Why don't you pray for these people to come to know Jesus? Because God makes the laughable possible. We have a deacon ordination in a few weeks. About 10 years ago, one of the deacons that we were ordaining said to me, that night before we began the service. If you had told me 10 years ago that I would be in church confessing Jesus and be set apart as a leader in a church, I would have laughed in your face. God makes the laughable possible. I don't know what's in your future, but would you see that God can transform you into a leader for him? And you might think that's laughable right now. But God makes the laughable possible. So the activity of God that we see in these stories today is that God makes promises to people. Isn't that incredible? He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need to enter into a covenant to, for us. He's completely self-sufficient. But he loves us. And he commits himself to us. And he makes promises to us. That's incredible. What are the promises? He didn't make these promises to us that he made to Abraham and Sarah. What are the promises that he made to us? 
I just share two. There are many throughout Scripture. I encourage you as you read your Bible to identify them and to claim them and to live by them. I'll just give you two examples. Hebrews 13.5 is one. Hebrews 13.5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's the promise that God has made to those who are in Christ Jesus. You can trust me. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. How are you going to respond to that? Verse 6. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? That's how you respond to the promises of God. Let me share just one more example. One of the last promises made in the Bible is in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. And Jesus said, look, I'm coming quickly. I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I'll give to each person according to what he's done. Now, a lot of people laugh at that promise, right? Oh, Jesus is going to come back. Yeah, right. Haven't seen any evidence of that. Sure, somebody's going to descend down through the clouds and the sky, and this world's going to come to an end. Yeah, right. God makes the laughable possible. He turns the laughter of doubt into laughter of joy. Will you hold on to that promise? Through thick and through thin, through up and through down, will you hold on to that promise? He said... I'm coming soon. His track record of keeping promises is pretty good. Would you hold on to that promise? He's coming soon. And his reward is with him. God makes promises to people incredible. Will you live according to his promises? We're going to sing a song. I've asked, um, appreciate Todd and the praise singers being willing to do this song. It's based on the scripture that we just learned. In 1982, Michael Card had studied the life of Abraham, and he wrote a song. It became, in 1983, Dove Awards Song of the Year, El Shaddai. It's based upon the life of Abraham. I want you to listen for some of these names. El Shaddai, we learned today, means God Almighty. He can do anything. We've already learned the name El Elyon. Melchizedek revealed that. He is the, the God Most High. The God Most High, El Elyon. El Roi that Hagar gave to him is not in this song, but the reference to it is he's um, to the outcast on her knees. That's Hagar. He's the God who really sees. He sees you. He is El Roi. He is Adonai. We've learned that word that means the Lord. He's the Lord. Uh, haven't got to the part yet about through his love and through the ram, he saved the son of Abraham. If you stick with me, we'll get to that part a little bit later, okay? Uh, stand together with me, if you will. This is our song of invitation and commitment. And so during this song, if God has spoken to you, if you want to respond to the promises of God, if you want to enter into a covenant relationship with God through his son Jesus, he says, if you'll come, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, and I'll come back again and take you home. You can enter into that covenant today. Baptism is the sign of our covenant. You can be baptized this month. Would you walk forward during this time or you can come to the Welcome Center? You want to come and pray about something in your life? You want to join our church? You just walk forward while we're singing. I pray we'll be able to worship during this song, El Shaddai. Thank you, guys. You do. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, 
As we close here this morning, just want to direct your attention to the worship guide. There's several important uh, announcements in there. 
Um, just want to highlight the CDP classes that are going on, and not this Wednesday, but next. There'll be a, a launch pad that's a class for uh, ages first through fifth grade that are maybe asking questions about salvation, that are curious about that, or just want to know more about what it means to be a Christian. And so that's beginning uh, September 15th. And so uh, mark your calendars. If, if your child's been asking you questions, it's a great way for them to be able uh, just to get answers and, and to learn more. I want to remind your middle school and high school students that we are uh, advertising right now, kind of taking registrations for our fall retreat at Snowbird. And so two of their three weekends are sold out. I'm trying to encourage our students to sign up quickly uh, so that they can make sure they get a spot and make sure they get to go. And so ask your son or daughter about that if they're in the 6th through the 12th grade. Um, that'll be the second weekend in November, November 12th through the 14th. And just want to remind you, just first just want to say thank you. This begins the first Sunday of our new uh, budget year, our new financial year for the church. And just want to say thank you for your faithful giving uh, this past year. We ended ahead of budget. In other words, more money was given than, than what was required uh, for all the budget expenses to do the ministries of the church. And so we just want to say thank you and just remind you as we begin this new year, um, we've got a lot of ministries and a lot of, of things we're trying to accomplish again and just want to continue to ask for your faithful giving. You can do that there in the uh, back wall in those drop boxes there on the back wall. So thank you again for your faithful giving. Let me close this out in prayer. Father God, we thank you for today and we just thank you uh, that you make the laughable possible. And thank you for these stories of encouragement and just remind, uh, the reminder of your goodness and your faithfulness in our lives. And God, even though uh, we have doubt and things seem impossible to us, they're just laughable to you. And so, God, that gives us encouragement. That gives us strength. And we say thank you. It's in your sons and we pray. Amen.